Happy Father's Day again. Hello, Pastor Claire. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. So I'm going to invite Don Capo to sit there, Edgar Cazell, Jacques Short, Jeff Thomas, Brian Lewis, Matt Blossom, and my favorite dad of all time, Scott Lorridge, come sit right next to me here. So let's just welcome these dads. You know, it's really awesome to be in a church where you are so rich in daddery. Yeah, Uriah, you can come. No problem. Yeah, no worries at all. Come sit with your dad. That's fantastic. Everybody welcome Uriah. That is so good. We're glad you're here. I actually took a picture of you two, you know, Bob and Weaving during worship. I'll give it to you later. Um, I'm so grateful that we are rich in uh, fathering in this church, not just in the physical sense, but but dads who serve uh, in our children's ministry, not necessarily as biological fathers, but as spiritual fathers. They work with our kids. They're in security. You don't even know that they're protecting you the whole time you're here. You just don't even know because they're like stealth. And, uh, and then, you know, you've, you've got people that are um, fathering at the food pantry and fathering in building schools in Haiti and fathering in giving money for projects all around the world. You have people who are fathering by donating to end human trafficking. You have, I mean, I'm telling you, we have the, the baddest dudes at Crossroads Church. Yeah. We have the baddest dudes. And we are so grateful. And Mama's given you the wave to come. But, but we're, we, you know, we're, we, we submit to you and your authority. And are you guys okay with Uriah hanging out? Yes. And, yep. Yeah. And in fact, it might even make it more fun because what I had to do to have fun was I looked up a bunch of dad jokes. Um, boom, boom. <clears throat> what does your dad do for a living? The child, he's a magician. He performs twi- tricks like sawing people in half. Well, do you have any brothers and sisters? Yes, four half sisters and a half brother. Uh, I, yeah, I know that's a lot of fun, right? Bad jokes, bad dad jokes. Uh, do you know the difference between a pack of cookies and a pack of elephants? Do you know? Well, then you shouldn't go shopping for the cookies. Let mom do it. <laughs> That was good. That was so good. Um, Okay, Uh, I made a bad mistake today, and I gave my dad some soap flakes instead of corn flakes for breakfast. Was he mad? Can you imagine? Yeah, he was foaming at the mouth. Okay, we're done. But um, boom. So, those are awesome. Where'd aren't you get they great? Those? I know. It's really cool. You can look it up. 20 funny <laughs> jokes for dad. I thought we'd take those to the dinner table today. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's beautiful because what we did is we just reached out to some guys, at, you know, middle of the week, and we said, can you help us talk about dads? Can you tell us about the core value that drives your fatherhood? Um, one of the overachievers, I won't tell you which one it was, sent me like an entire list of core values for dads. <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, that, no, we're not letting him up here because he'll preach for two days. So what we're doing is these guys are going to take three minutes. Their timer will be up there. You'll know when your three minutes is up. That's, that's, that's is that the where warning see we just it? received. Yep. It. And uh, where is it? Ron, holler at us down here. There it is. Oh, wait, don't start it yet because I'm not a dad. (laughs) Um, So I'm just going to start at this end with Edgar. Edgar, what what would you say the the core value that that guides you as a dad? Um, The toughest part was putting it down to one 
I think the core value that I prayed about over the time since you gave us uh, the opportunity was just to be consistent in really everything. Um, my love for them, my time with them, my discipline with them, my, you know, spiritual time with them. So just try to be um, there for them all the time and consistent in what I do, not waver in, in that area is really what it was that just really struck, struck me. Consistent. That's a great word. Mm -hmm. And it's no surprise that that's your word. Just knowing you're you and your particular personality style, you know, consistent, that's probably, that, that the other values probably connect to that consistency. And, and we see that in you, mm -hmm. Edgar. Um, your consistency here for us in the congregation. And uh, you, you are consistently protecting and upholding and watching over in ways that people don't even know you're doing. And we just want to celebrate you today and say thank you for, for consistency. Yeah? yeah? You guys want to thank Edgar for yeah. what you don't even know he does for you? Yeah. So Edgar's on the security team, and um, it's, a, it's a really great fit. And so that's why he's always got wires hanging from him on a Sunday morning. <laughs> and thanks be to God that in a, uh, in a culture that we need security, that we have someone who's consistent. Mm -hmm. Thanks be to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 go ahead. You go ahead, go ahead. Celebrate all day long. Celebrate all day long. All right, so Matthew, Matthew Blossom, um, core value that guides your fatherhood. Uh, for me, I think it's really uh, this overwhelming sense that um, I am the example that my kids are learning from. So whether it's how to be on time or how to show respect towards others or handle finances or stand up for what's right or speak the truth, um, or, you know, any of those things that we should be doing daily. My, my, I always felt like my kids were looking at me as the example of what to do and how to do it well. And so that really drove me crazy sometimes, but drove me, <laughs> right? Um, and, you know, I didn't, I, I certainly didn't always do it right or, or, or well, but um, I tried to be the example for them that when they look back, they can say, you know what, in this situation, I need to do this thing because that's what my mom or my dad would have done. So, mm -hmm. Example. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Let's just say that again. Example. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's some pretty um, weighty responsibility. Mm -hmm. And did drive you crazy because I'm pretty sure that you, like the rest of us, didn't do it perfectly every time. And how did you, when you felt like you didn't give the right example, how did you recover? Well, you have to own it. And you have to own it with them right there and just say, you know what? I, I, I didn't handle that right. I didn't speak to you the right way. And I'm sorry for that. This is what I should have done. And next time, I'm going to do it the right way. But right now, I'm sorry for the way that I handled it. And, and that's hard. That, 
That's really hard to own it in front of your kids. But if you don't own it, they won't learn to own their own mistakes and 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 shortcomings because we we do we have to own it. We can't put blame on anybody else except ourselves. Right. Excellent. And I think the thing you gave an example of also is humility. And so humility um, wins the day because we're gonna we're gonna miss the mark on occasion and owning it. I, thank you, Matt. Thanks a lot mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Beloved Jeffrey, tell us about this core value that guides your dattery. Don't you like that word, dattery? <laughs> I think I made it up, but if you Google it, you might find someone else said it, but I'm going to own it until you tell me someone else said it. So, let's, so tell us about your dattery. Well, in our family, we had five, and we use a lot of scripture in, the, in Ephesians 6. Will Lord you says, speak up like a preacher? Oh, man. I'm, oh there pre- it is. You want me to speak? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the scripture that we would give to the kids early, uh, I don't, not kids, children, because they used to get on my case when I call them kids because we're not goats, daddy. <laughs> 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 you know? But the, the scripture that we gave them was in Ephesians 6 1. It says, Children, obey your parents in love uh, in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and your mother, with, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. We had to memorize that scripture, the first part of it. And... We, did you memorize the second part of it? <laughs> I did the best I could. <laughs> but the thing that we really try to do, Chris and I try to do in there, is to let them trust us and obey us, not in obedience in a way of, you got to do this, you got to do that, but that truth was the core that we did, even though I didn't do it well <laughs> sometimes. But it's been times when we would tell the kids, you know, we would tell them the children. <laughs> um, we were in um, a store one day. We were going into the mall. And I had the, ki- the, the kids with us, the children with us, the people that we love with us. <laughs> and it was an antique show going on. And so I, I told them, I said, look, I want you to stay close to me because if something gets broken, you're going to be the first ones that somebody's going to blame that did it. Um, you know, being an African-American family, that usually what happens. Mm. And I had them stay with us, you know. And so, sure enough, we get in there, and somebody broke stuff. <laughs> and I looked to the kids, and I said, look, you did what I told you, and you weren't blamed for something that somebody else did. So it was a, it was a true thing. Um, I never had to worry about them going out, because they, they used to go out, but I would tell them to be home at a certain time, and they was always there, either either 15 minutes before or right on time. Mm -hmm. And it's because we we allowed them to be free, but we had guidelines and boundaries that had to be met. Mm -hmm. And they met those guidelines and boundaries, and I thank God for my children. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, they have come up, they're good kids, and I love them dearly. Mm -hmm. And you're a... You're a good, good father. Yeah, yeah. So, not skipping over you, but you'll no be, you'll be last. 
So, um, yeah, so Brian, um, <clears throat> core value. Is a core value play? Because you and Uriah just, that's every time I see you guys, like, he just knew he could run right up here and, <laughs> right? That, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. tell us about your core value. Well, it wasn't actually play. Um, the core va- first of all, I'm Brian Lewis. My, I have uh, my wife, Becky, and our kids are Uriah, who's three years and nine months, and uh, Kalina, who's nine months now today. And um, the core value that hit me was love. Mm. And uh, that may manifest in play. That's kind of how I manifest it, I think, mm. sometimes, because I have a wing of seven. <laughs> are but, you the fun parent? I am, yeah. Uh-huh. She, Do you it's, make... really, it's really becoming a parent. She's the disciplinarian. I'm more the fun. Uh-huh. You know, I, that's not shocking me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had the microphone. I got to talk. <laughs> um, so there's kind of four parts to this that I wrote down. Um, number one with love is speaking, and I speak to my kids all the time. There's no question. They know in their mind that I love them, um, if nothing else, from what I say to them every single day. Um, I, ask, I tell my son I love him, and I ask him, how much does daddy love you? He says, oh, you can count the waves. No, what that is is an old uh, picture we put in his room when he was little that said, if you want how much I love you, you can count the waves. He knows that in the core of his being. Um, mm. The second thing is, is that kids don't spell love, L-O-V-E. They spell it T-I-M-E. And that doesn't mean that you can not go to work and just spend time with your kids. You have to do what you have to do to take care of them. But when you're with them, I've had to learn to put the phone away. Put the remote control away. Good word. Focus on them. Read to them. Things like that. Um, the third thing is winning. And what I mean by that is, as, as a father, I love what Matt said about being the example. But as, as my, in my opinion, being a father, you have to set the example for your kids. And you have to set the example of winning, what it looks like to win. That doesn't just mean winning at work or winning in some video game. That means winning in your relationship with your wife. Uh, figuring out how to overcome things when it's not always going well, right? Uh, winning for your, for your kids, um, just, just winning. Set the example of winning. And one of the things that I heard from someone uh, once that I really believe in is whatever you fail to overcome in your life, you forfeit the opportunity to teach that to your kids. And that could be anything. It could be addictions. It could be relationships. It could be anything. And I'm not perfect, but that's something that I believe in and that I I strive to every day. Um, And the last thing I wanted to mention is sacrifice. And there's no greater sacrifice than what God did for us when he gave us his his only begotten son, Jesus. And... um, I'm, I'm actually almost glad my son's not in the room right now because if I looked at him, I would cry because I can't look at him and think about the possibility of ever giving up my only son. And when I became a father, that perspective changed on what that really means. And I still can't understand it, but at least on some small level, I can relate to if I ever had to lose my son to give him up. I, I, couldn't, I don't think I could give him up for somebody else. I could die for somebody, but I couldn't give my son up for somebody. So when you think about Jesus and you think about God and what he did with Jesus... Think about that. So that's mm, real love. That's real love. <clears throat> yeah, and you did those four points in three minutes. I, we might hire you. <laughs> you teach Scott and I how to do that. All right, Jacques. I'll be in that class. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jacques Short, and uh, this is somewhat, I guess, an easy topic for me. I have four boys, and 27 years ago, I had to sit down and truly look at um, having a a core value for fathering. Um, 
I somehow missed a class when I had my first child, hmm. um, and I did was never given that book, you know. So it was my f- son, me and my wife's first son, um, Jacques. Um, he's a trooper, and who it just makes my heart weak. Um, but it makes me joyful that he went through so much. But yet, you know, God kept him. He knew my intents and he knew my desires for him. But my, my, my core value for fathering, um, I made into a personal declaration. So I sum it up in a sentence, and that's being led by the Spirit of God and, and by, um, to intentionally father through an example, through being an example, through what I say and through what I do. So that's my personal declaration. Um, first part, being led by the Spirit mm-hmm. of God. Everything is foundation upon God's prompt, the Spirit of God's prompting, um, and what decisions I should make, no matter what situation, um, what approvals I give to go hang out with what friend um, that has even blessed us <laughs> many times with our kids. Um, whose house you stay over, whose we prefer you not to stay over, those simple things. And then a key word, um, intentionally fathering. When you, when, I find that when I intentionally father, the things that I do are not just random. They're thought about and they're prayed over um, with the decisions I make because I'm intentional about even that. Can I walk to the store? Um, and my kids will tell you dad is overboard in a lot of areas. You can ask them. They'll be here second service. Uh, the one's upstairs teaching. Oh, he's here. <laughs> yeah. Is he overboard, you. Shaquille? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, <laughs> but even in those things and, and, and being an example, um, fathering while being an example. My example for fathering was the Lord God, you know. Mm. And I had to show my kids um, what I would have loved to seen as a father. Um, my kids will tell you, well, actually, your kids will probably tell you too if they know me. I love to hug kids. I, I'm a hugger, you know. And God has showed me that a lot of kids that I hung out with and mentored had not been hugged in Forever, so I just uh, never been hugged, so I hug them. So being an example, and that is practically um, what I live by is that personal declaration. Yeah, well, being led by the Spirit of God, that you know, that's giving us a way to even um, cover all of these things that we're hearing right now because uh, you know, consistency mm-hmm. and example and time and love and you know, all of these gifts have they. They could sound like hard, fast rules, but when you're led by the Spirit, you'll know which one is needed at the time. So thanks for that, Jacques. Appreciate it. (laughs) Who are you? Hi. My name is Don Koppel, father of four children, worship arts pastor, Sunday afternoon sleeper. (laughs) That's true. Don't call him on a Sunday afternoon. (laughs) So your core value, Don, I loved this, and I, I wanted to make sure it got, it got shared. Right. Um, so please. So um, the, uh, the thing that I wanted to share about is uh, the thing that Rhonda and I tried to do together as parents was uh, modeling equality and equity in the home. Oh. And um, 
trying to recognize our, all of our children's gifts based on their purpose and how God created them and not just their gender. Um, what we tried to do is how they played and the things that they wanted to do were not encouraged or discouraged based on whether they were male or female. Um, now, look, this didn't always go perfectly. And, um, oh, was, tell us one of those stories. Yeah, so one of those was, <laughs> and Rhonda could tell this story better, but uh, one day she noticed there was some shenanigans going on with Sarah, our second oldest, and Noah, our son. And we came to find out later there was this thing called the boy test because Sarah was really tough. She said, I wanted to prove her toughness and, and uh, the fact that boys were not stronger than girls. So Noah devised this test where they had to go through mud and climb things and everything else. Um, thankfully, Rhonda caught them before the final step of the boy test, uh, which was to pick up dog poop with your bare hands and carry it across the backyard. But the, thankfully, there was a window to the backyard that Rhonda could see. So it was very important that that was done. So, um, so yeah. So we tried to teach uh, to the girls and to Noah, our son, um, that women were worthy of respect and equality in this world, not because they were our own mothers, sisters, or grandmothers, and friends, but because they were wonderfully created by God, mm -hmm. who they were. So you don't have to know a female. You don't have to have a sister to say you care about women. And that's one of the things we try to continue to teach. And I think that's one of the things that um, when we talk about and we hear this, these ideas of toxic masculinity, it shouldn't cause men to react and get upset because this is brought up because toxic masculinity is not all men. It's the part that says I deserve power because I'm physically larger, stronger, and I should be able to do whatever I want no matter when I want to. And it's because it's my birthright. It's fine for me to dominate women in school or in the workplace and take the things I want because it's always been that way. Oh, anytime you hear it's always been that way, you should know it probably is time for a change. Mm -hmm. It's not fine for little boys to be aggressive with little girls and for, and for us to say, oh, he must just like you. And men shouldn't be afraid to have the conversation about toxic masculinity because it gives us the opportunity to act like Christ and to be the partaker of the divine nature that welcomed women into the fold, gave positions of leadership and prominence to them. And so, men, we need to not be afraid to have this conversation, not to recoil every time we hear it, thinking that, oh, we're being attacked. We're not being attacked. We're being called to a higher level as a partaker of the full nature of God. And so I know I got really preachy on there, and so we didn't say all those words to our kids, but it was our hope that they saw each other that way. Now, now that they're all in college or past that, we have some really interesting arguments in our house still. But with that, there is still that underlying thing that says they are equal in God's eyes, in their mom's and dad's eyes, and there's no fear in the home to have these conversations. That is awesome, Don. I love, 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 love it. So important. And I, you, um, you know, you guys have, you've given us so much, and Scott's going to kind of cap this up, but I wanted to tell you how this began. We were in our creative team meeting, 
and we said, um, what do you want to do for Father's Day? And we were going to do donuts for dudes again this year, but we found out that most of the dudes didn't eat the donuts, but all the kids ate the donuts. (laughs) And so they said, the the guys and the creative team said, no, no donuts. We don't need anything. What we need to do is we want to have a, you know, we'd like to have a conversation. And the women in the room, um, you know, were like, you know what? We have heard so much about bad men in the news that we'd like to we'd like to lift up the good men in our midst we'd like to say that the men um, that you know that bad men get the publicity good men don't typically make the headlines and we want the good men to make the headlines we want the good men that are saying I want to keep growing and learning and repenting and asking and teaching and I got to tell you, I'm overwhelmed by the goodness of the men in our in our midst. Um, One of our pastor friends this morning said one of the the things that is so interesting and maybe even a bit disturbing is that in my experience, Father's Day is quite different than Mother's Day. It is true financially, by the way. Women, so much more money is spent on Mother's Day than Father's Day. I don't know if you knew that. Anyway, we won't get into that. Quite different from Mother's Day. Yeah, we knew that. (laughs) You knew that. Um, Maybe, and so it's quite different. And this pastor said this. He's a pastor from Texas. Maybe especially around the church. Mothers are generally celebrated as the heroes of the family, and dads are typically admonished to do better. That's what he said. And then he puts in quotes, get off your can, get off, get off your can, get off the couch and do something meaningful with your life. Hmm. And I, anyway, he went on. So Scott and I, we were, we were talking about that this morning. Well, here was my post on Facebook this morning. Shout out to the men who relentlessly give their very best. Head bowed for the men who are fathering with graciousness and strength. Look everywhere at the men who encourage and exhort and build up and empower others. Observe the guys who can rise early, make breakfast, drive carpools, work long hours, volunteer, coach, mentor, lead, and care. Notice the dudes that model integrity, creativity, ingenuity, endurance, selflessness, faithfulness, and friendship. See your brothers who love their sisters, neighbors, children, and community with the Father heart of God. Never forget the ones that use their power for good. Right? Mm -hmm. For good. Stand at attention for the brave and tender guys who have our backs. Celebrate the gifts of fathering in our midst. Let good men, great men, make headlines today. Because of you, there is hope for our future. Mm -hmm. Because of good men, there is hope for our future. You know, on Mother's Day, we talked about the mother heart of God and used all of the feminine imagery and scripture to point out the goodness of God showing God's self as as mother and mother hen and mother bear and all of those things. But I love the scriptures that talk about the father heart as well. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow, which means he's consistent. Like there's no variation or shadow. You can count on God. No variation or shadow due to change. Or this one, to speak of what you were talking about, almost crying there, Brian. See what kind of father the love has given us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. 
The reason why the world does not know us is that it does not know him. When you, when you hear people talk about toxic masculinity, we want to just raise up good men to say, this is what the father heart of God looks like. It's not that. Amen. 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 I love Jesus said, do you know me? Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Wouldn't that be wonderful, you know, on this Father's Day, if people would look at you and say, I I think I've seen the Father because I see you. I, I think I see God because I see you. That is the kind of men we're in fellowship with. I love what Jesus said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I've said to you. So today, if you follow the lectionary, this is called Trinity Sunday. So if you're, if you're reading with the entire church globally, today is called Trinity Sunday. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we won't get into the, you know, the biblical exegesis on that, but what we will say is that what God is saying here is that there's always a giving. Mm -hmm. There's always some kind of giving going on. Father gives Son, Son gives Spirit, Father gives the Spirit. There's it's all this giving going on. And and when I think of that, I I you know, I I wanna say um, there are many fathers in this church that have done well, whether they are biological dads or they are fathering as a verb, where they're doing the works, showing the father heart of God. And I want to say, kind of like a Proverbs 31 thing, that you have excelled them all in my eyes. Not in everybody else's eyes, but in mine. You well, how do you know not in all. everybody else's eyes? Let's take, a, let's take that vote. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we're all going to say... It was pretty safe, wasn't it? Pretty right, safe I know, statement. I know. You're so Good much you. fun. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and only because I've watched your fathering up close and personal, you know, in, under our roof and under this roof mm-hmm. for these many years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I asked you to take the day off for Father's Day, mm-hmm. um, and, but yet give us your core value, yeah. um, I, I'm going to put it up on the screen for everybody. Yeah, so uh, what came to mind, of course, as uh, Edgar said, there's so many different things you could say, but um, I think the main thing that drives me that as a father is uh, out of this scripture, um, which I started to really resonate with uh, almost immediately when I gave my life to Christ. Um, A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And uh, just the thought of what does that mean as a dad, as a man? What does it mean to leave an inheritance? What is an inheritance? Is that just money that I pass on? Mm -hmm. Um, So that that means a lot to me as a father. I think that there's this pattern in Scripture. This is uh, God is transgenerational. Like God the Father is transgenerational. When you read the Scripture, there's always at least three generations Mm -hmm. consistently spoken of, right? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, And even Jesus in John 17 gives us this beautiful picture of, he says, I took what the Father gave me. I received it. Then I spent time with the people that are here. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. And then I built into them, and then they are going to carry what I've built into them for future generations. I have this, um, I have this uh, baton 
that I actually made and used as an illustration years ago, and I keep this on my desk to remind me of being a dad because I think that as being a father that really uh, it's just what uh, Jesus did and it's this transgenerational thinking, right? So I receive, if I'm in a relay race in track, I receive from whoever passes the baton to me. So I am really, each one of us, and as a dad, I'm, I'm a composite of amazing men. And I continue mm. to be poured into. I had a great father. Not everybody had a great father, but all of the good, my dad wasn't perfect, but all of the goodness, I've tried to take that into my life. I had an amazing father-in-law. I have amazing dads around me. I'm constantly trying to receive. So I'm a receiver. Then I have a responsibility as a dad to carry that baton. So there's my time, my track space, right? And for my team, I don't want to be the kind of person that if you've ever watched a relay, you don't want to be the guy that where the other team takes advantage of your team when you're holding the baton, right? You want that lead to increase. So, um, with, with our own kids, uh, with, as you said, under the roof with the responsibility I have as a dad, the mentoring I do, the coaching, whatever, it's like I'm trying to, so I'm receiving first, then I'm trying to run well and pass on, all right, build into and pass on. Okay, so we receive, then we build into, I'm building into my kids for a future, for an inheritance. And then one day you pass the baton on. Ultimately, God will pick this baton back up from all of us as dads and moms and everything. And obviously the race gets won. But I'll pass this baton on to my children. Uh, and that's really the picture of inheritance. And I think what happens to us is we think of inheritance in terms of just riches. Uh, riches are just what you have. We all have a level of riches. Um, and the world tells us that, you know, try to, even when we read this scripture, I think a lot of us think of just trying to pass on <laughs> riches to my kids. Or maybe some of us don't even think that way. Um, but what the scripture really is talking about is wealth. See, riches are what you have, but wealth is what you are. So when I'm called as a father to um, leave an inheritance for my children and my children's children, three generations, right? So it's, it's transgenerational. So I'm even thinking about my grandkids. What I'm trying to do is pass on wealth, which includes uh, resources that I'll have, but it's everything about me. It's my character. Mm-hmm. It's it's my spirituality. It's it's the wisdom that I walk in. It's the way my attitude is. The way I take care of myself. The way I am in the community. How what I think about issues of justice. Uh, how I honor God. How I worship. Those are all things that are a part of the wealth that I am going to one day turn over to my children, and they will have this immense responsibility to take this baton and be like Jesus and carry it out for generations to come. A good man, a good dad, leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That drives me. I get up in the morning thinking about what kind of day is Scott going to have as a husband And as a dad, and as a grandfather at this point, and what kind of a baton am I going to be passing? Because I've already begun to do that, right? 
I've already begun to pass this thing. Trust me. My goal is that the enemy didn't make up time in the race during my watch. Good man leaves an inheritance. Wealth. Everything about you. What an amazing bunch of men in this place. I'm so deeply grateful. I receive from you all so much, all the time. I am learning and taking it in and running this race. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for the wealth that you're sharing with us all. So why don't we uh, stand, if we could, and if we, if you have um, a man around you, if you just kind of reach your hand out, maybe put your hand uh, on a shoulder or just reach toward them, I just want to speak a blessing. I'm going to let you come there. I want to speak a blessing, first of all, over all the men in this room. Lord, we live in a time uh, and in a culture that is in so much transition, so much uh, redefining going on when it comes to manhood. So I speak courage yes. over each man. I speak faith. And I speak over each one's life as they grasp that baton, what they've received from you, God, and they run their race. God, they would do it well. That they would run with all they have. And as the Apostle Paul says, that they would run to win. And God, I specifically pray for all of the fathers in the room. Increase their faith. Increase their desire to learn your father heart. Let them be a picture of God the Father on this earth. Lord, let us be holy. Let us be people that stand for what is right. Let us be people that love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, and absolutely all of our soul, everything about us. So I bless every man, every dad, every father in this place. Let wealth increase. The wealth of your kingdom, let it increase in each one of us. Let it expand. And let us faithfully leave an inheritance for our children and our children's children. And now for the whole room, for each and every one of us, God, we receive that. We receive that a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. So we all walk out of this place, God, ready to bring your kingdom to the earth as you've been so generous with us. So I bless you all in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week.